Christmas is upon us. And for the next few weeks, we're going to be cooking and baking, and we're going to be festive, and we're going to be shopping, and we're going to exchange gifts, and it's going to be festive, and the lights and the music is going to help us be in good moods, and we're going to shop a little bit more, and we're going to talk about the reason for the season. We're going to talk about giving. We're going to talk about grace, and we're going to talk about love, and that's all good. But Advent is upon us. Today is the first day of Advent. And as we lit the first candle, we learned that it's the prophet's candle, it's the first candle of the Advent season. And we're reminded about the prophets of old, about Isaiah, about how they hoped and expected a Messiah. And we remember that as the candle gets smaller and smaller, the hope of a savior, of what is coming, becomes nearer and nearer. So I'm going to ask you guys to please open your Bibles with me. I'm going to turn to Romans 13, 11, and 12. And when you have it, say, let's go. All right, reading in verse 11. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Father, we thank you for this, this morning that we have to raise a song of worship to you, Father God. We thank you for this time that we have to learn about what hope is, what hope means for us, for, for the world. And we just pray, Father God, right now that for these next few minutes that you would have your way with us, Father God, for these next few minutes, allow me to decrease. And I would ask that you increase, Father God, and that you would have your way with your people. Holy Spirit, have your way with us. And Lord, I just pray that your people would be edified today and that you would be glorified. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. All of you should have gotten a devotional outline last week. So if you don't have yours, I don't, raise your hand, Usher will come and, and give you one. Um, the devotional outlines, there was a, a well-done orientation on there last week. We also received a really well-done orientation by Reverend Davis, um, just teaching us about the history and some of the traditions and what this time in the calendar, the liturgy, the liturgical calendar means for us as Christians. And, um, you know, I have to admit, when Bishop asked me to, to do this, I was really torn on how I was going to speak to you today because I wasn't sure if I should have taken a tone of orientation about what Advent is, seeing as this is our first endeavor to explore the Advent season as a church. And I just didn't know if, if I should get up here and do an instructional, this is what Advent is. These are the scriptures. This is the hymns. This is the hymn that we're going to sing. I would have had the music ministry come up because I'm not going to do it. But this, these are the hymns that are sung. And traditionally, this is where we go from here. The next week is love and so on and so forth. But, you know, I just, I wasn't burdened with that as I thought about it more and I prayed about where to go with it. I was burdened more with hope. And I'm at a season in my life now where I needed hope. And I was at this weird intersection. So I'm standing at this intersection and, you know, my family and I, you know, we're, we're going through some things and, you know, we're looking back at some of the strife and the conflict and the anger. And, and now today we're here in this middle and we know that there's something ahead. 
that there's a light at the end of the proverbial tunnel, that there's going to be a finish. There's going to be something to come that's going to deliver us from this. And we're here in the middle. We're toiling. We're struggling. We're persevering. But in that, as I've looked back and gone through this season, I realized that we did some things wrong. We missed some things. There were times where God was revealing some things to us, and because we were so entrenched in our fleshly desires and our fleshly way of doing things, we missed it. We didn't see that there was hope right in front of us. We didn't see that there was hope coming. So we were stuck, and we fought, and we toiled, and we missed it. And I know that we're not the only ones that that happens to. So that's where we are, and as Advent is here, remember, Advent, the word itself means arrival or what is to come. So we remember that there was already an arrival that came. That was the birth of our Savior, a birth of the Messiah. There was that hope that came, and we know that there is going to be a second coming. There is going to be a Savior who is going to come for us. His bride is coming back for his church. He's coming back for his church, his bride. And... Um, that's where we are right now. So we're going to chart this middle course. We're going to stand here at that intersection that I started in when I was thinking about where I was going to go with this. So we're going to today, this morning, we're going to just kind of chart this middle course and let's see where we go. We're going to talk about where is hope and we're going to talk about what is hope. Amen? Amen? Well, according to the dictionary, hope means a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen, a contagious enthusiasm for what will come. In scriptures, we see the word over 200 times. It's ubiquitous in literature, pop culture, inspirational TV, hope. It's, a, it's an after-school special. It's, it's a Disney movie. It's a, it's a cliche. It's, it's, a, it's a, but I think we can agree here today that it's more than that. So before we get into all that, let's look at misplaced hope. So that's the first thing we're going to talk about today. Misplaced hope is hope in the wrong thing. And you don't have to repeat it with me, but misplaced hope is hope in the wrong thing. Let's look at the verses in Romans 13. Those are the scriptures that we had as the basis for this morning. So if we look back and we read what Paul is speaking to the Romans, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So let us then cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. So what does that mean? What does that mean for us in terms of hope? Well, let's look at it. There's four things that are happening there. There are four things that Paul is asking us to do. So when to awaken. The second thing is how to dress ourselves. The third thing is how to walk. And the fourth thing is what preparations do we make? So let's go back to the first. So when do we awaken? Now, right now, this first part of the verse, it's a call to awaken from carnal security, from negligence, from idleness. Carnal security, that's security that, security that kind of relies on ourselves, that self-reliance that we can fall victim to, like I fell victim to in that intersection when I was trying to get out of my own way. When to awaken right now. How do we dress ourselves? We dress ourselves with the armor of light cast off the works of darkness. So when we think of that, think of the metaphor of waking up 
in the morning. When you go to sleep, you have your night clothes on, your nightgown, you, maybe you wear sweatpants, maybe you have a favorite pair of shorts, T-shirt that you wear. But think of waking up in the morning and ridding yourself of those clothes and then putting on clothes that prepare you for the day. We dress ourselves with the armor of light. How to walk, please the Lord. Walk honestly, walk with integrity. Avoid the darkness. I know that's not easy. I mean, we can say that all day, but you know, we all struggle at some point or another during the day, maybe every other day, maybe every day. Anybody who takes I-4 struggles with it every day. <laughs> Nonetheless, we walk pleasing the Lord, walking honestly and with integrity. And what preparations do we make? Take care of your soul. Don't give in to fleshly desires and confuse yourselves with anxiousness over them. Yes, natural wants are to be answered and evil appetites are to be checked and they are to be denied. We have to make a conscious effort every day to deny ourselves of those evil appetites, of those fleshly desires. Those are the ways that we make preparations for the hope that is to come. And that's just two verses in Romans. That's just two verses in an entire chapter in a book full of chapters about God's faith or our faith in God and justification and all those things. That's just two verses, and we learn so much from it. I had this, I had this um, illustration I was going to share, but I laughed because on the way here, I thought about this story, Lucas, yesterday. You know, it's, when I get up here, I got to tell you guys how Lucas just lights my day. So yesterday, it was a, it was a low-key day for me because I knew I was going to be up here, so I was trying to avoid like all those fleshly craziness that we encounter. <laughs> so it was really low-key, and the one time I left, Dawn was like, hey, call me to Target. I got to pick up a couple of things. And I was like, all right, I've been in the house all day. I'll go with you. So we're out, and Lucas, for some reason, he just had this thing. He wanted ice cream, like with ice cream, like, I want ice cream, ice cream. So every five minutes, he was asking for ice cream. So we told him, finally, look, on the way home, you can have ice cream. But every stop we made, I want ice cream, Dad. Are we, are we going to ice cream now? No, Lucas, we, on the way home. The next stop, Dad, we can ice cream now? No, Lucas, we can ice cream on the way home. So when we finally got home and we had stopped the Jeremiah's and he's eating his cone in the car and he walks in the house, so I'm looking at him and I'm like, hey, is that ice cream all that you hoped it would be? That's not even thinking. And he was like, eh, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get a toy from Target. And I'm like, dude. I'm like, all day with the ice cream. And, you know, I, just like I said, just being here, the car driving itself to church, and I just thought of that, and it just took me to my next portion is that, there are gonna be people and things and situations that we're gonna put our hope in and they're gonna let us down. We're putting our hope in our successes and where we are at work and what car we drive and what our neighbors are saying about us. And look, those things are great. Me, I came into another time in my life where there was a, you know, I, I grinded, I hoped my entire life that I would be a leader in my field. And recently I got that opportunity and it's been great. I stand here today and there's nowhere else for me to go in my field right at this moment. And I should be rejoicing and celebrating that, and I am. Let me qualify it. I am. I'm so 
grateful and blessed and humbled by the opportunity that God has given. And I'm so happy for the doors that he's opened, that I'm able to provide for my family and all that. But having gotten the position, having gotten the call that said, hey, you're the guy, I have to tell you that while I did celebrate, like in my heart and with my family and friends, I celebrated that opportunity, that, that next evolution into the, the part of my life. As I think back, I don't know. There's something that it just, it's not, I feel like it wasn't that need that I needed in my life. Like I had hoped so long for it, that, but it, it like I'm, I'm there now and it's almost like, okay, what's the next thing? You know, what, where else can I do something else or where else can I be successful? <laughs> there's more and I'm, I'm not talking about salary and position and possession things look bleak for this generation economically people can't afford, find jobs they can't afford places to live cities are going bankrupt in their city in Detroit or Detroit is going bankrupt I mean entire cities are going bankrupt our government is in disarray we're assaulted with scandal after scandal you turn on the TV and there's no governing it's scandal and governing happens based on scandal. For the first time ever, climate change, sea level rise, global warming are topics that require serious discussion where scientists have a sense of urgency towards the issue. Our kids, their kids, they're going, these are things that they're gonna be facing. These are things that we, ne we laughed about, the Al Gore jokes and all the things that, that we laughed with Climate change are coming to realization now for the first time ever. Yet the world today is going to lead you to believe that there's no hope in our Bible, that there's no hope in our cross, and that coming here today, well, I don't know. As a generation, we're self-reliant, we're aching and longing for hope, but humanity in its present condition doesn't have the answer. We find ourselves absent of hope and longing. And you only need to watch the news for 10 minutes to see that. And it's not the first time. People in scriptures, they put, a, they put their hope in the Messiah. He arrived and they missed him. They were focused on other things. They were looking for the wrong signs. And the Messiah came and they missed it. Just like me in my little bubble going through my little thing, missing it. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be trials and there'll be tribulations. But hope prevails. So let's not miss it. So how is hope sustained once we find it, once it's created in our lives? The answer is in Romans 15, 4. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Our hope is sustained by what God has said in his word. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. And this is a quick one. And when you have it, say, let's go. And after you have suffered a little while, the grace, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Our hope came with the birth of a Savior. Our hope is coming with the return of a Savior. Church, hope that looks forward is founded 
and hope that can look backwards. And that is your big idea today. Hope that looks forward is founded in hope that looks backwards. Look back at the birth of your savior, savior and find hope at the return of your savior. That's where hope is founded. The second thing we're gonna talk about, hope won't stop, can't stop. Say won't stop. Won't stop. In 1 Corinthians 1.3, Paul speaks to the church as waiting for the second coming of Christ, continually sustained by God's faithful provision. Listen, stand fast through the trials of life. Persevere, produce character that produces hope. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, the Bible says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Hope won't stop, can't stop. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tunes without the words and never stops at all. That is a quote from Emily Dickinson. And yes, I did throw a secular quote from the pulpit. I'm sorry. There is not a book of Emily in the Bible. I just thought that this was a really beautiful way that a poet talked about hope. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tunes without the words and never stops at all. Think of hope sitting in your soul and worshiping and just knowing the words and never stopping. A hope that doesn't stop. A hope that won't stop sitting in your soul. What a beautiful way to talk about hope. First Peter chapter one, verses three through seven. You don't have to turn with me, I'll read it for you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by, by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hope won't stop, can't stop. Say can't stop. Can't stop. Today's about hope, but let us have faith. Let us persevere. Hebrews 11.1, 1, it's a very simple verse. Faith is the substance of things and the evidence of things. It's okay to say God take it. It's okay to say, God, I can't. It's okay, it's okay to say, God, I'm laying this at your feet because I can't do it by myself. His grace is sufficient for you. His strength is made perfect in weakness. That is hope that will not fail. And finally, Hope for eternity. Be ready. I'm going to read you a portion from um, an Advent reading. It's gospel readings for Advent 1 call the people of God to watchful vigilance for Christ's second Advent and set the tone for the entire season. Matthew 24, 36 and Mark 13, 24. Look forward to Christ's coming in glory at a time that no one knows. Christians are to stay awake and to be on guard. 
Matthew says that just as the flood in the days of Noah came unexpectedly and wiped away those who were unprepared, the return of Christ will be sudden and those who were not ready will be left behind. Salvation is promised to those who believe. How do you hope if you don't believe? Well, back in 1 Peter 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who by his great mercy caused us to be born again to a living hope. The spirit blows where it wills and quickens the heart, gives spiritual life so that the faith is born and a living hope springs forth from what was once dry ground. If you're unreconciled to Christ or if you just don't know him, today is the day of salvation. And he will never fail you. I started by telling you where I was at this intersection, at the season I was in, but how I was missing things and how I was leading on myself and how I was missing those opportunities to have hope in my darkness, to have hope in my situation. Advent reminds me that I can go back and know that I can look backwards and find hope. And I can look forwards and find hope because hope that looks forward is founded in hope that looks backward. And I can stand here today knowing that hope will never fail me my hope in Christ, my hope in the coming of Christ will never fail me, will never let me down. I will never have to stand here alone because the hope that was given to me by the Holy Spirit will never let me down. No matter where you are right now in the darkness of despair, in the dawn or the dusk of seeing the light or in the full luminance of your hope fulfilled, there is a greater hope, a future hope, an eternal hope that must keep us moving forward in our faith and rooted in the love of God shown to us in the person of Jesus Christ. He's the reason for the season, and he's our hope in every season, in and out of season. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you, Lord, for this time that we have had, Father God, and I just pray that we would all be humbled before you, Father God, that we would hear the words of hope, Father God, given to us in the scripture, Father God, that we would move forward from this day, Lord, knowing that your hope will never fail us, that we would live with abundant hope, Father God, in you, and that we would not lean on our own understanding, Father God, but that we would rest assured knowing that you are coming back for your people. Lord, I just pray for everyone here today that they would have been touched by you this morning, and I just pray, Lord, knowing in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on.